Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny. I am here hosting with Caleb. Woo! Hello, peoples. Good and all peoples. We know that we have had a lot of guests on recently, and we wanted to take a break from that. We do have several more guests lined up. We have some big-name people lined up we are very excited about. But we wanted to give you a little bit of more time with just me and Caleb to... Just cover some bases. We're going to cover some new cards today. We're going to talk a little bit about um, some exciting stuff that we think is coming up in the future. And we're going to talk near the end about the top five decks of the current format. So be sure to stay tuned for all of that. Be sure to be ready. Um, you want to go ahead and get into the quick play news, Caleb? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, where do you want to start? Because we got one or two things we got to talk about. Uh, I think the place to start is going to be the digital next. Yes, okay. So, Which is really pretty much the only quick play news per se. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, do, do, do. Give me one second to pull up the info that I have on it. Yeah, yeah, currently. yeah. Oh, yeah, Sarah, okay. So basically, uh, we don't really know much about this digital next outside of it's this stream thing they're going to do for both TCG and OCG at the exact same time. Uh, which is very interesting. Which in is very... Right. Yeah, which by itself is quite fascinating. Um, And it seems that they're just going to talk, be, be talking about product. Uh, most likely, they'll be talking about some... Dig- for now, uh, according to the tweets, it's going to be exclusively about digital product right now. Uh, but I'm thinking that eventually this will become a more... 
organized Konami dumping uh, product and uh, future product information as instead of how we've been getting it over here in the TCG, which is very piecemeal from tertiary websites. Yeah, I, I think kind of like you said. So basically, in the OCG, and the, they have like a, a web show that they do. I, I don't know about once a month where they talk about upcoming products. They show you the cards themselves. It's really cool looking. Oh and yeah. Uh, some you know some of the anchors uh, cosplay whenever it's pertinent to the situation at the moment. Right. Right. Um. Uh, I think, though, that very specifically, with it being more talking about um, digital product, that I, I really do believe that this is going to be a big update and a big um, announcement of the Master Duel product for uh, as a worldwide release. Yeah, Master Duel being the current name of basically Konami's version of Magic the Gathering Arena. We think. We think. We hope. We hope. You know, finally get some official rulings from them would be fantastic. Yeah, so um, we've talked about this before, but what this would basically result in is if we can get a first-party actual true game simulator from Konami, this would formalize an enormous amount of things for the game. First of all, like Caleb said, it would formalize rulings, which is a big deal because obviously as of right now, every ruling at any given point in time, unless it has come from Konami itself that this is how this works, every ruling is judge's discretion. And sure, there's precedent set and some rulings stay a certain way forever. Most do. But at the end of the day, at any given event, you know, Something can be ruled one way for one YCS, and then the next YCS, the head judge can go, I don't like that ruling, and just change it. In that event, it can be a different ruling. A very prime example of this was number 17 Leviathan Dragon back in the day. Where, and specifically Songen. Yeah, Songen was another one where they just... Like with Leviathan Dragon, uh, is mostly just the, when he's negated, does he keep his attack or not? And right. it was literally, for a while, it was literally every other tournament, there were flip-flopping between yes, he does, and no, he doesn't. Yeah, that, that went on for literally months. Yeah, and then, of course, and then and then with Songan is, does Songan is effect when detaches material? From an Xyz monster. Eventually, Konami said, no, Xyz material are not on the field. Right, exactly. Eventually. But part of the issue here... Okay, so for those wondering how this was resolved, um, like Caleb said... Uh, Konami came out with an official ruling stating, or they, an official, they officially clarified how Xyz monsters kind of work, which is that um, Xyz materials are not considered on the field or off the field. They just kind of are in limbo, and uh, so a, a detached Shangen does not get a search effect. And the thing with Leviathan Dragon is, and this is still extremely relevant for 2021 Yu-Gi-Oh! And I'll explain why afterwards. The If if Leviathan Dragon detaches and activates his effect, and his effect is negated, he will go back to his original 2000 attack. Be, and the reason that this is, is when a monster's effect is negated, that boosts attack. If the monster only affects itself with the attack boost... Then, if its effect is negated, then the attack boost will also be negated. Whereas, if that monster affects other monsters on the field, such as number 2019 or something, Giga Brilliant. Exactly, yes. That, that, all of those monsters, including Giga Brilliant, will keep the attack boost. Why it, does it work like this? We don't know. 
We just know that is how it works. That's the way it's always been ruled since those cards officially got their rulings and the precedent was set. Yeah, but even then that took several months later. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that was just... And keep in mind, this is not Konami officially saying that's how this works. This is the precedent set by judges that basically everybody's just agreed this is how this works from here on out. And then, like, the next structure deck they released with Exceed Monsters is when they finally clarified that Exceed Materials are not on the field. I don't... Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know exactly the timing of when it happened. I mean, that... I was was wondering if it might have just been... uh, a. A policy document that was released maybe? before YCS. Yeah, maybe. But I, I remember it being around when a new structure deck came out when and that had Exceed Monsters in it. Is when that clarification was made. It was around that it, the time timing frame. may have lined up, but yeah. Um, but that, that, that's that's how I remember it. I could also be remembering wrong because this is almost a decade ago. It was over a decade ago at this point. Mm, right less. at a decade ago because we're talking about plant format specifically. Yes, which was the summer of 2011, which is 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is because ten years ago from now is nationals, uh, national season twenty eleven. Yeah, but yeah, regardless, is. the thing is, and the reason that that ruling is relevant, that attack boost is because if you negate access code talker, he does lose the attack boost. Same thing with Appaloosa, right? And Appaloosa is a little bit different because it's yeah, it's attack. It's a con- I don't know. It's yeah, a it's, continuous it's effect versus thing. a resolved effect. But we're we're not a rulings podcast. Yeah. So the cool part about this is that if it isn't, if Master Duel is like a real uh, simulator, such as I, I prefer the Pokemon one because it's all free. Yeah. Then um, all the free to it's free to play. Um, you get little cards in your packs that you can input the code on your device to get more packs in game, which is very cool. Um, if if it's something like that. This represents a huge step forward for the game of Yu-Gi-Oh! And if it's basically anything else, I'm disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's entirely fair. I mean, again, as long as it's a case of Konami releases all the new cards in the simulator and the rulings are applied in the simulator, perfect. That's what I want. So that way there's no more being wishy-washy about whether or not a uh, card A when negated does B or right, right. or how you know these two cards interact. There there won't be any more of that wishy washy nonsense in between judges. So this event, this Yu Gi Oh Digital Next, will be streamed live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, and it'll begin at. 7 a.m. Central Standard Time on July 20th, which is the day of release of this podcast. So actually, when this podcast releases, when this episode releases, it will have already aired. Yeah, it would have been airing for like an hour. Right. Oh, wow. Okay, so if you're listening to this right when we air, go tune into that. Yeah, yeah, see if it's still going on. If not, you can probably go quickly look up some cliff notes for it. Right, right. So, um, but if you're listening to weird this... That it's, weird that it's coming out on Tuesday. Yeah, 7 o'clock Central Standard Time, which we post at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. And, um, but it's like 8 a.m. East Coast time, or if you're British yeah. time zone, it's 1 p.m. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's really all we have for quick play news. We're going to take a quick, very quick ad break, just like a 30 second ad break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some, uh, new cards, new cards and, uh, some other cool stuff that they have announced. Okay. The next thing we want to talk about is we have the promo for next month's V jump. We, Basically, all we have is artwork, level, attribute, things like that. Um, 
and the name. Unfortunately, we don't have the effect yet. There's a big old box that just says secret over it. Literally. And it's only covering the effect. We know everything else except the actual effect. Oh, yeah. Uh, So its name is Victoria, the Angel of Courage. Which I kind of love. Oh, yeah. Level 4 fairy light fairy effect monster, 1400 attack, 800 defense. That's it. Yep. Uh, the description that they give for it is, Let there be light for the fairy type, an effect monster that supports all kind of fairy decks. Which kind of is gross to me, because it kind of makes me think that it's going to be more basically used in Drytron. Hold on, hold on. A level 4 fairy monster appears next issue that has two effects heavily connected to both light monsters and fairy monsters, making it ideal for the new Lost Sanctuary structure deck. I kind of hope this card is, like, super turbo mega broken, because it's it would be cool to see... Uh, V-Jump cards that are super turbo broken again. I think the last one we had was Summon Sorceress. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's we're far from the days of, like, Stratos being a jump promo. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually all jump promos get reprinted as not long, no longer being a promo. Right. But it it's a cool artwork. It's like a fairy with, like, a rainbow and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. she looks like an angel. But um, that's really all we have for right now. When we get official text, we will... Yeah. Hop in here. We'll we'll let you know. Oh yeah. Uh. So next up, uh, we got many of the remaining cards for uh Burst of Destiny for the OCG. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh. First off, we got uh Soul to Prom fin- Fingley, which I like to call Pineapple Dragon because it looks like a dragon made out of a pineapple. Uh. Level one Fire Plant Tuner Monster, eight hundred attack, no defense. Yeah, I know Fire Plant. You don't see that very often. Uh, Lone Fire Blossom. Yeah, I'm saying you don't see it very often. You do see it, just not very often. I think Lone Fire Blossom is one of, like, just a couple. Yeah. Um, if this card is sent from the deck to the graveyard by a monster effect, special on this card, then if you control another plant monster, you can have the attack of one face monster on the field. Two, the first time this card on the field will be destroyed by a battle or card effect, you can send a plant monster from deck to the graveyard instead. Hmm. So, theoretically, what you could do is pop it with one of your own card effects and then immediately mill out Another copy of it and a special summon itself. So that that's interesting. You can only special summon it once. But even then it's a level one plant tuner. More plant synchro turbo stuff, I guess. I mean, it's cool. Oh yeah. Um we do also have a huge update to the Burst of Destiny product page for Ooh. the TCG. Um it's sort of obvious, but yeah. We're going to let you know. Yeah. Um, uh, once you get on, there's a, two other cards I want to mention real quick. Okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Outstanding Dog Mary. So Outstanding Dog Marin apparently has a girlfriend. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a light beast, hunter attack and offense. Uh, if this card's into the graveyard, activate one of the effects. You can place this on the bottom of the deck or add a Outstanding Dog Marin from your deck to your hand. And then you place Mary on top of, on top of your deck. Okay. And then the other card is where is it i just had it small world here it is a uh, normal spell card uh reveal a monster in hand and reveal one monster in your deck with its same type attribute level attack or defense exactly one of these banish the first reveal monster face down and then add to your hand one monster from your deck with the same type attribute level attack or defense only exactly one of these that you uh, as the second revealed monster if you do banish the second reveal monster face down that's hmm. yeah. Um, to me, that seems like it could possibly become an issue card at some point in the future, but I don't know how. It could be broken. We just have to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And well, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. Uh, and then lastly, laundry trap, which is a which has laundry dragon made on the front, which I just think is adorable. Of course, that's all. 
It's not great. Uh, if a monster is normal summon or special summon to your field, send this card. Send you can send the top card of your deck to the graveyard. And then if this card is sent from the deck to the graveyard by card effect, you can target one card in your graveyard that was sent there this turn, except itself, add it to your hand, but you cannot activate cards or effects of cards with the same name until the end of your next turn. Hmm, interesting. Yep, I, I just I just thought that was neat. Um, so do you want to do the you want me to read the update to the product page? Yes. Okay. Uh, Burst of Destiny, the latest core booster for the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG, explodes onto the scene in this fall. Uh, this 100-card set introduces multiple brand-new themes, as well as two new Boral monsters, including the very first Ritual monster for this iconic series uh, from Vrains. You can even find ways to revitalize famous cards from the past, like a whole new strategy based on the Penguin monsters that have existed in the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG since 2002. Burst of Destiny is filled to the brim with high-octane strategies that are ready to blast into Duelist decks. Here's a taste of what you can expect. Powerful Dark Dragons. That would be the the Boral Monsters. Yeah. The debut of a Winged Beast theme that can triple your normal summoning power and incentivizes tribute summoning level 7 plus monsters. This is for sure the Flunderies. Yeah. A new Worm Synchro theme that grants you powerful effects and tokens that are also tuners. You can play them on their own or mix them in with other powerful worms. Uh, this is uh, Zhang Zhang's. Uh, if we're pronouncing this wrong, somebody please let us know. I don't. Yes. I don't actually read Chinese. So Pref- I don't know. Preferably with a pronunciation guide. For real. Um, brand new Destiny Hero monsters. These are. Um, these these were talked about previously. These have been all been released. Um, more cards for the themes introduced in Genesis Impact, Ancient Guardians, Lightning Overdrive, Dawn of Majesty, Ghost from the Past, and more. So. Um, the Genesis Impact themes that have been introduced are probably Drytron and Earth's Arctic, uh, which is probably the fusion. Ancient Guardians is probably Ogdoatic or maybe something else off to the side. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember what, what all... Uh, oh, there's that Sulfacord uh, Oh, yeah, monster. some Sulfacord stuff. Yeah, that Sulfacord Link Monster is going to be in there. It should be in there, too. Uh, Lightning Overdrive. What was released in Lightning Overdrive? Uh, Utopia stuff. It was mostly Utopia stuff. No, there was definitely a new theme released in the Lightning Overdrive. Uh, I think Amazement? Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, Dawn of Majesty, which we don't have yet, but there is... We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Ghost from the Past. This is probably Sun Avalon. Yeah, some more Sun Avalon support. And more. Uh, the next thing is the continuation of the Insect World Premiere theme that begins in Dawn of Majesty. So, what this is, we have a TCG-exclusive World Premiere theme coming from dawn of majesty that's not even released yet here yeah released which is it releases august 13th so um basically we don't have any of the info we'll probably won't have it till beginning of august and uh this is why we have the b trooper scout buggy as the premiere card and this is kind of what i was thinking like this is possibly an entire insect archetype that could blend pretty seamlessly with insectors and then we'll get that one insector card sure but like realistically what if it's not just one card they release they release an entire archetype and then you can there's two splashable engines yeah that would be interesting what i'm thinking though the problem I ended up doing with the insector card quote unquote is that it's going to have a couple of effects and one of them is going to be you can only do this with an insector deck yeah and then have a couple of other effects that are like yeah you can do this with any insect like banishing it right. to add insect from graveyard to hand or something. Right, right. And it you says, know, something and, like that. Right, and it says, and much more. So, basically, with it saying, and much more, we can just kind of... Extrapolate. 
Yeah, I mean, most of the stuff that we get here is stuff that the same stuff in the OCG set, just maybe a little bit more because we have the world premiere insect theme and Dawn of Majesty, and there'll be support here for it. Oh yeah, so. most, oh, most definitely. Uh, let's see. And next up, then we also have uh, fairly soon actually have Hidden Arsenal Chapter One. Right, right. Uh, which we should be getting that November nineteenth. Uh, let's yep. see. According to the product page, uh, Hidden Arsenal Chapter One allows duels to obtain historic cards from the first four Hidden Arsenal sets, like they've never seen, like they've never been seen before, and learn the stories behind them in this epic collection. Each Hidden Arsenal Chapter One box contains a total of one secret rare. Six ultras, which will be two standard and four colorful ultra rares, thirty commons, and a hit and one hidden arsenal storyline insert with game mat and a special collectible die. All right. So, the first thing to say about this particular product is it's following the exact same product formula as the legendary duelist season one and season two, where it comes with the die. It comes with three kind of thick packs with like probably fifteen, sixteen cards each pack. And most of it's common with some ultras. Um, and a secret. The secret will probably be a single, um, like, sealed promo type deal yeah, in clear it, packaging. Yeah, kind of like how Season 2 had, uh, what was it? Photon, uh, Orbital, and yeah. Juggernaut Lee, Blackwing, Armor, Full Armor Master, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, the next thing to talk about... so. I think we diff- have different things here that we're most excited about. What's the most exciting part about this to you? Oh, for me, it's the lore insert. Right, so the Hidden Arsenal storyline lore insert is really cool. Yeah, so they're finally actually formalizing the actual lore behind everything. In the TCG. In the TCG. Right. In the OCG, I think they have like a book or something. Yeah, I know that the thing that I'm most excited about is the collectible dice. I am just an absolute sucker for collectible dice. Which is fair. So, yeah, which is fair. Um, it's it's honestly a good thing that we're getting this Hidden Arsenal product. This is literally nothing but a reprint product, and you can't even be upset that we're getting it because it's Hidden Arsenal's one through four, which a lot of the Dragoonity stuff, a lot of the Naturia, some of the Naturia stuff oh, yeah. is getting expensive. Um, I think that's also I think that's where we got uh, Trishula and and Brionic and Delorne and Gungnir. And going, yeah, the the ice barrier stuff. Yeah, the ice barrier thing grows. Yeah, which we got a lot of that in um, the new ice barrier structure deck. But like realistically, we're probably going to get new rarities on everything. Just rarities that we've never had on these cards. Like tr- I don't think Trishula has ever been a common. You know. Yeah. No. No. It's I know. Or an ultra. I don't think. No. It's been an ultra. Yeah. It was in. It was in Dual Devastator. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Brionic. They were both in Dual Devastator. Oh yeah. I mean, Ultra Gungnir would be neat in a. Delorn, because I think uh, Delorn only ever came as super. I think Gungnir was an ultra at one point, but I don't think I don't think they're gonna re-release the dual terminal rarity. I I think they're they're gonna leave these the really expensive ones as dual terminals, realistically. Very possibly. We'll have to wait and see. I'm really interested to see what the secrets are because the secrets in other sets have been reprints from within the sets. Yeah. So I don't know if they're just going to do a few of them as secret rares when, like, realistically in Hidden Arsenal, most of the stuff was secret rare. Yeah. But, yeah, but, I mean, it was, Hidden Arsenal is one of those packs where almost every card in it was a secret. Every card in it was a hollow. Yeah. So it was either super, ultra, or secret. Yeah. There was no common or rare in that set. 
Right. So a lot of these to get common printings is really kind of new. Mm-hmm. And some of the cards only came as supers. They'll get reprinted as ultras and secrets. Like, I think bam- Bamboo Shoots was an ultra or an ulti. So you can get bam- or Nigeria Bamboo Shoots as, like, a secret, which would be cool. Yeah, common. Um, oh, yeah, no. They're, like, there's a lot they could do that, do here. Um, again, yeah. again uh, it is a limited card pool with only coming from Hidden Arsenal 1 through 4. But, I mean, realistically, this leaves them a chapter 2 later. Yeah. With more lore and, like, the rest of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think this would include Gusto yet. Or Gishki, actually. I don't think they came out until later. Yeah, I think you might be right. And I, I don't think it would include some of the Stateller, Stateller Knight stuff. Yeah, Evil Swarm was also part of Evil the Hidden Arsenal. Evil Swarm, Ar- that's what I was thinking. Actually, I think Quill Force were also part of... Yeah, yeah, the Quill Force was also part of the Hidden Arsenal, and so was Shadal. No, 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 Quill Force... I mean, the, I mean, the, um, lore... They might be part of the lore. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, but, but they, they didn't. They, they, those cool forts and. Um, Shadal. Were both released in Duelist Alliance. Yeah. Well, I know Shadal was released in Duelist Alliance. Cool Fort might have been a couple of sets after that. Oh, you know, you know, Quill Fort was, was, uh, was actually the next set that was coming out right after we. Was in the next set after we quit. Next set after we quit was Duelist Alliance, because that's when they introduced Pendulums. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because so, I remember. Because yeah, I remember. Uh, it being a big deal at the time about the about the Quill Force because they were about to come out and people were talking about it, talking about it becoming a tier zero deck because of towers. Yeah, I, I didn't know if Cleefort was. Um, yeah, like it, it either. Was, I, I don't know if it was Duelist Alliance or, ne- or the one after, but yeah. like realistically, it doesn't matter. At this it, it doesn't. Point. Really, like, it, I, yeah. I know we should probably look it up real quick, but like, I mean, it doesn't ultimately for in Arsenal Chapter One. It doesn't matter because again, it's. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be hitting Arsenal's uh, 1 through 4. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see what these collectible dice look like. I think, oh, yeah. realistically, like, they have to have, like, a Brionic one and, like, a Trishula one. Naturia Beast. Oh, yeah, or Barkeon, uh, maybe even Exterio. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, there, Like I said, there's a lot they could do. Uh, there's a lot of good they can do with the set with, uh, you know, the possible common reprints. Um, there's a lot of bad they can do with possible just reprinting something as a rarity it's already in. Yeah, I don't know. I, it would be cool to see them reprint other stuff that's not like, because like realistically, nothing in this set is going to be relevant at all because all of the most of these cards have been reprinted several times now. Yeah, the only thing that hasn't been reprinted several times now is basically like Dragoonity and Naturia. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, so I mean, if they had every Dragoonity card that was out from Hinaros one through four, that'd be and Naturia card that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, like, like Nigeria Cherries is just like a twenty or twenty five dollars super for no particular reason. Because I don't think it's been reprinted since. I think it's yeah. printed once. Yeah. So, um, that's pretty much it for the hidden arsenal stuff. The next thing to talk about is the Brothers of Legend. Um, we had the big product, the big update for it. Um, which we we knew some of this, but I'm just gonna repeat it. Uh, it bears repeating. Brothers of Legend enters the fray this fall. Multiply your fun with this all-foil booster set that introduces never-before-released cards from the first six animated series into the TCG. Brothers of Legend features cards from Yugi, Zane Truesdale, Cyrus Truesdale, Sherry LeBlanc, Yuma, and more. Here's a quick look at what duelists can expect. Yugi's Karibo brothers are finally here. Curry Babylon and Five Star Twilight allows you to fill your field with Karibo monsters. Need an easy to summon level 5 monster to tribute for Five Star Twilight? Joker's Knight from King's Court is a great fit. Duelist who entered or built or 
who duelists who built or updated their Utopia deck with cards from Lightning Overdrive and King's Court will be thrilled to find even more cards to power up their deck, including a new form of Utopia Array and new cards to equip it with. They're really trying to make that deck playable. They are putting a lot into it. More of Sherry LeBlanc's cards from Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds make the jump from the screen to your deck. Combine them with the Fleur cards from Legendary Duelist Synchro Storm to maximize their potential. Wow, that would be awesome if we were getting that set before this one. Yeah, no, we're not getting that set until January. January 21st. Empower your at Ignister deck with brand new cards that special summon monsters and help you dominate the field. If you haven't tried this strategy yet, many of its basic cards will be available in the 2021 Tin of Ancient Battles Mega Packs. Brothers of Legend has nearly 60 new cards in all, as well as more than 30 returning cards, including another chance to obtain the tournament mainstay Forbidden Droplet. Each five-card pack contains four ultras and one secret. So, I think that this is interesting. Uh, I think that, obviously, the Forbidden Droplet reprint's cool. Um, Very much needed. Yeah, for sure. Um... The other thing that I take from this is that this will be kind of a little bit larger set than I think a lot of people realize. I mean, it's a 90-card set. Yeah, yeah. So, nearly 60 new cards. So, probably somewhere in the range of like 55, 58. Yeah. As well as more than 30 returning cards. That's that's a lot of reprints. I, I mean, realistically, if we're already going to see Forbidden Droplet here... That's I still wouldn't t- say it's out of the question to see something like Access Code here, too. Oh, absolutely, because there's still 29 empty slots. More than 30. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah. That, so it could be 30 or more empty slots. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But I'm just saying that, I'm just saying the 29 because they say it's going, it is more than 30. I'm just going to say it's 30 exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you could also see realistically, um, like,. I'm trying to think of some of the other cards. Ice Dragon's Prison would be great in here. Oh, yeah. Ice, yeah, not, another IDP reprint would be good. Um, this, that would be, well, I don't know. It depends on what's in the 2021 tins. Cause, yeah, the, yeah, it depends on what's in those tins. Um, and also El Dorado. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, this comes out. Does this come out before the tins? I think it does. I don't remember the exact dates. I'm, I am absolutely awful with dates. That's why I have a calendar. Which so, I need to update with all the new stuff. The the Brothers of Legend comes out October 1st, and the 2021 10s come out September 17th. So, so like... They're coming out within two weeks of each other. Yeah, three weeks at absolute most. Two weeks. 17th to the 1st. It's exactly yeah, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, I, okay, my brain... Uh, for or whatever almost re- exactly two weeks. For reason, whatever reason, my brain heard 17 and then went, oh, 13. <laughs> gotta love it sometimes brains where they really do be like that sometimes yeah. but no no yeah no, yeah no, yeah no, like two weeks yeah like you know so we'll get the 21 yeah so we'll get the 2021 mega tens of battle and then we'll then two weeks later we'll get this um i mean that's some good i mean that that's a lot of reprints flying around basically any card that was released last year you could realistically see here um zeus mm-hmm. the entire tribe brigade deck Access code. Uh, the entire Adagnister deck. The entire Virtual World deck. Well, the entire Adagnister Ad deck is pretty much confirmed to be reprinted just due to the Ten of uh, Ancient Battles outright stating that almost every card for the Adagnister archetype is going to be in it. Right, right. So that's actually really relevant because with that deck getting more support plus this, this that deck is already like 
like solid rogue, like almost like almost in that like tier two category, borderline tier two. It is poking that line. Yeah, like the deck's really playable. Like it, I think there were some top thirty-two representatives at the YCS of this deck. Mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah, it's really interesting. This between Brothers of Legend and Burst of Destiny, there's some really interesting products coming forward. Um, and Eldorado, all the re- well, all the reprints are getting from Eldorado too. Right, right. So they've got a confirmed Chamber Dragon made reprint in there. I mean, IP Masquerade reprint. Right, and, and no telling what else. Like, oh, and uh, uh, Nightmare Unicorn. Right, because there were confirmed alternate artworks for those. Yeah, Tribe Masquerade and the Unicorn, not Chamber. Right, right. Yeah, like there's it, all. It's really interesting. Just a lot of reprints are flying around right now. That's going to be quite. That's going to be quite the upset for quite a few people. Um, who were like, oh, uh, Axis Codes not going to get a reprint, so I'm going to buy Axis Codes and resell them when they jump up in price after. Everyone's disappointed about the reprints. They're going to get disappointed if Access Code ends up getting the reprint. Well, I mean, like, okay. I don't know why you would do that. But. Every every super expensive um, core card is going to get a reprint at some point. Um, oh yeah, your Access Code talkers, your Forbidden Droplets, your Triple Tactics talents, like like they're all going to get reprints Lightning at storm. some point. But people who are buying Access Code talker right now for um, like lowest lowest verified right now is one hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, one hundred and fifty as of Sunday, July eighteenth. Right. I just realistically, re- drop dropping one hundred and fifty dollars on this card right now. Uh, unless you're actively competing at a high level, like the YCS, you're doing the extravaganzas, you're doing remote dual qualifiers. Like unless you're actively doing these like every weekend. It's just not worth it. No, because... The Knowing chance, that there's one coming in the next six months for sure. Possibly even more. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to reprint something in both Eldorado and Brothers of Legend. And the Megatons. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they reprinted something in all three. Like one card that just got reprinted in all three that's only ever had one printing. Realistically, um, the best thing you could probably do right now, if you're not competing at a lot of these events and you own these cards in person... Flip your IDPs, flip your access codes, uh, try to get some money for them, because I'm telling you, these cards are going to be cut to a third of their price. I mean, I, there's no reason. Think about Opelousa. Opelousa was like 80, 90, 100 yeah. plus. I think at its height was was like 105. I, I don't know. We weren't playing at its height, but yeah, we came in right after it got reprinted. But Opelousa now for the a first ed secret. Like 25, 30 bucks. Think oh, about yeah. that. That's what access code's gonna be. Once it gets, it's gonna have two reprints probably in the next six months. And that card will be 25, 30, maybe $40 for a first ed secret. Oh, yeah. And then there, then there's most likely gonna be a copy that's about five bucks. Another one that's about 10 to 15. Yeah. Depending on the rarities they get. Yeah. I, I really think that. I mean, especially if you get the alt art in El Dorado. Yeah. That, that's exactly what happened to Opelousa. It got an alt art in the first uh, gold series. I mean, and uh, it, it's just, it's hard for me to believe that basically with, okay, you've got the Tins, Eldorado, and Brothers of Destiny, or Brothers of Legend. Yeah. Those, for any of these super hyper expensive cards right now that are inflated by nothing more than um, availability, it, it's hard for me to believe that these cards are going to get, not all get reprinted. Obviously, Nothing from Blazing Vortex 
forward will get reprints. So like your pot of prosperities are not going to get a reprint in yet. these next three sets. But um, key term there is the yet. Right, but everything before that will. So Divine Arsenal Double A Zeus will get a reprint. Access Code, Ice, Ice Dragons Prisons, Droplet, Triple Tactics Talent, Nadir Servant, the whole Dogmatica archetype, um, the um, the Fusion Guy, Fallen of Albaz. Yeah, Fallen of Albaz is highly likely to get a reprint, possibly even an alt art. Yeah, I, I mean, if you want these cards to... If you want to have the... If you want to make some money off these cards, if you already own them, now's the time to offload oh, yeah. them. Now's your last chance. Actually, with the new form of Ecclesia coming out, I wouldn't be surprised if we have an Altar of Ecclesia with Fallen Albaz in the back, and then like the Altar of Fallen of Albaz have an Ecclesia in the back. That would be really cool. That would be really cool because these, uh, you know, because that would also then kind of go with the lore of the uh, the lore of the art the artwork itself. Kind of like how in a lot of the El Shadal fusions, Wind is in the background. Right, right. I I only know this because I played the deck, so I got to stare at those cards a lot, and I noticed one in the background of almost all of them. Right. So that's pretty much it for all the product news. The only the last thing I did want to talk about was the um, remote duel, or not remote duel, the um, luxury championship fifteen. No, 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 no. There was one last thing I wanted to talk about, um, and I forgot the name of it. Okay, the OTS qualifier playmats. Yes. So we have our the World Championship Qualifier Regional 2021 playmat got released. Um, this is a this is the prize for the. It says the prize for the Remote Duel OTS Qualifier event. It says in addition to the booster packs, each duelist receives upon entering the tournament. Prize distribution will be as follows: first place winner after the conclusion of their last round of Swiss will receive a World Championship Qualifier 2021 Regional Game Mat. The game mat for this remote duel qualifier will feature Dogmatica, Ecclesia, the Virtuous. But the way the mat is built and the way it looks, it just says World Championship Qualifier Regional 2021 on it, which makes me really think that pretty soon they're going to announce a return to formal play for regional events and stuff. Which would be wonderful. Right. They can't do it in certain places because, like, I think California just went back to mask mandate. Yeah, but quite a few places have done that. Yeah, well, as they lift a bunch of these mandates and a lot of people still haven't gotten their vaccinations, we'll turn around and they'll have to place the mandates back after they get yeah. huge spikes. It's just... It is what it is. Unfortunately, until everybody is willing to... Or the vast majority of people, at the very least, are willing to get their immunizations... It, until we can build up herd immunity, basically, 70%? this will be that. Yeah, this will be the ebb and flow of things. So, people, if you want to see these events, please go get your vaccinations. Um, I've even had people that listen to the podcast tell us that us talking about it is part of the reason that they thought to go get theirs because they want to see their events come back. I mean, this is the things that need to happen. So, thank you to everybody that has, and we ask the people that haven't, please go because we want to see this. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Did not mean to get off on a tangent there. <laughs> it's fine. It is. It's fine. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, but like not only that, this the mat itself just looks pretty. Cause I mean, oh, it's a great looking mat. Yeah, I mean, cause I, I didn't think that um blowing up Ecclesia's portrait would look as nice as it does. Oh. But they because normally when they blow these cards up like that, it's not. It doesn't translate well. Translate well. But what they did is that after the they didn't blow it up near as much, and then the edge of the artwork fades into like this. 
like a meteor shower looking thing. Yeah, and it, I'm like, okay, this... It looks spectacular. Yeah, this is how they should have done it from the beginning. This is mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah, it's it really is spectacular. Um, it can't be understated how good this looks. And I have never had... Like, I've never been more driven to go get my invite because, like, this is... I want this mat really bad. This so is, do I. This is one of the best... I don't really care for the dogmatic archetype, just being honest, but this is one of the best looking mats I've ever seen. I like the artwork. Yeah, the artwork's cool and I like, like the, the lore. And, yeah, I like the artwork. I like the designs. I like the lore. Don't like the way the deck plays. Yeah, I, I'm not a big control deck guy. I'm more of a mid-range person, but... Same. Mid-range, mid-range to combo. Yeah. Anyway. You want to break off and talk about some of the... Um, ev- recent events? Of course. Let's see. First off, we have the... LCS. The LCS 15. Yep. Top four. Uh, let's see. We had... In the top four, we had uh, Dragon Link and Atnagnister at third and fourth place. Not in any particular order. Right. Second place was Infernoble Knights. First place was Prank Kids. This is ridiculously interesting. No Tri Brigade, no Drytron. I mean, the decks you expect to see at this point in the top four aren't there. Uh, this may have just been a meta call. Um, Infernoble Knights are a good deck that, like, realistically, maybe just like nobody knew what they were doing, but they can really easily hand rip you for a bunch and then still build a board. Oh yeah, and I kind of, I kind of like glanced at the stream every once in a while, and I did see at one point the Infernoble Knight player activate Metals Over Armor. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. Haven't seen that card in decade and a half. Yeah, the interesting thing, uh, just to talk about the Prank Kids list a little bit, it was really interesting. He was actually main decking three copies of Polymerization. Not Super Poly. No. Not some weird Polymer polymerization polymerization similar card nope polymerization straight up yeah he i mean he was also running two of the prank kids pandemonium which is their and, fusion and thunder fusion and one thunder dragon fusion but he was also like hard running three polymerization which is whoa i mean mind blown i mean hey if it works clearly it worked uh he was also running three triple tactics talent um i think that deck that card is the more i think about it i think that card is super necessary in decks specifically like uh, the mid-range decks like Prank Kids and Tri-Brigade. Um, that card is so good at... Say you go first and like activate 10 key and your opponent chains um, Ash Blossom. If you have talents in hand, you can activate talents. And if you don't already have a starter in your hand, you can go for Pot of Greed, dig for two. Yep. Or if you already have a starter in your hand anyway... You can look at your opponent's hand and rip a card out of their hand and be like, no, get that out of here. Oh, yeah. Like, for for great example is rip out another hand trap. Right. You rip out the Nibiru, rip out the Droll, whatever. Yeah. So, it, it's it's really, like, really impactful in that way. Rip, ripping out a Ghost Bell for a Tri Brigade, if you rip out a Ghost Bell, you maybe just win the game because they can't stop your revolt. And that's a big deal, being able to be, not being able to stop a revolt. Right, and the biggest part of that is the hand knowledge. Plus, if you do it late game, say you go second and your opponent builds a board with like Dragoon and some other stuff, if you can bait that Dragoon negate, then you can just activate Triple Tax Talent, steal their Dragoon. Link it off. You don't even have to link it off. You can activate it to activate its effect to blow up the rest of their board and then just attack for game. That is, yeah, yeah, that is also a possibility. Um, yeah, you just punish them for running the Dragoon. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's. I know it's expensive. It's hundred and ten dollars. I wouldn't recommend buying one right now. But if you already have it and you've cut it for reasons, I would think about putting it back in. It's, I would rethink that decision. 
especially if you're on combo or mid-range. I, I think it's just the decks right now are kind of fragile in a way. I mean, most of the decks you see, sure, they have their extenders, but like we all know Drytron is great, but kind of there are certain cards that just kind of really hurt the deck. Uh, same thing with Tri Brigade. Same thing with Attic Nister. I mean, if you stop the right thing, they just kind of have trouble keeping going, whereas Talents can give them the extra juice. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, most definitely. For whatever reason, every time you said TTT, my brain just immediately thought a Lightning Storm, and I'm like, it just got a reprint. No, it didn't. No. No, it didn't. It, it's probably about to, but. Yeah. Speaking of, so I went to the shop uh, this past week, over the weekend, bought two and a half boxes of King's Court, and I pulled a Collector's Rare Guilty Gear Freed. I pulled a Lightning Storm, and I pulled a Utopic Draco Future. Very nice. Yep. And I pulled a couple in two Imperial Bowers, which was like a ten dollar ultra. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a good time. It was. I I think King's Court is fine. That was the first collector's rare I ever pulled. Uh, I ended up trading it, the Bowers, and two Arcana Triumph Jokers for a collector Utopia, which I think is a great deal. Um, it, but, it really is. Yeah. For those of you thinking about buying King's Court, I like it. I, I think it's a fine set to open. So. Yeah. Um, I did see one video of somebody who actually built the Poker Knight deck. Um, so I actually got to see it function. It's, it's easy to stop for the turn. Fragile, but fun. But then next turn, they can just repeat, attempt to repeat the same play again. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess the deck does have an enormous amount of recursion. Like, and then, and like, like the duel I saw, they stopped it, turn one, went to turn two, went to turn two, and he just tried to play the game playing, got stopped again, turn three, tried to play again, right? and got the and got the play, it was the exact same cards being looped over and over again. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm like, oh, that's how the deck wins, is just forcing, is just making you run out of resources by trying to stop it over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, if he, I mean, that's, I guess it's more mid range than I thought it was, but uh, yeah. Um, so that's that's your LCS fifteen. We we don't have everything. Uh, we just have the top four. Honestly, it's kind of difficult to get information on these once they happen. But yeah, I mean, particularly because it happened earlier today, and yeah, it, yeah. normally it takes the fa- the LCS Facebook page a couple of days to update with all the deck lists and all that. Right. Right. Um, I think there was also a remote dual qualifier, but I don't have all of the I don't have all the decks for that. Uh, we'll try to get the deck lists for that for the next episode. Yeah. So. Uh, d- uh did you at least get who got first? Nope. nope. I, in fact, I don't even know if it's done as of our recording. Oh it, yeah, it's probably still going on as we're talking. So. Um, the, so the last thing we want to talk about is we wanted to kind of do a, just like a quick, like 10, 15 minute breakdown of the top five decks of the format. Um, in our opinion. Right, right. So we've kind of set an order here and actually we're going to do top six because the sixth deck we feel is just outside base and basically we'll, we'll break down the top six decks of the format in our opinion. Uh, we kind of, we kind of agree on the order here. Uh, so it's not going to be like. Your list versus my list. It's just kind of our list. Um, number six, we have Virtual World. <laughs> the reason that this deck is at number six for us and not higher is because, one, 
it takes a very experienced pilot that knows a lot of what they're doing. The deck is kind of big brain, but you're rewarded with an end board of either Crystal Wing Synchro and Dragoon or Crystal Wing Synchro and Kaliga, which is brutal. Oh, yeah. Either one of which is not fun to see. <laughs> right. Um, but the problem is the deck can be a little bit on the fragile side, which is if your opponent, it's kind of weird. If you know what you're doing with the deck and you can bait them out and they can stop the wrong things, you can still go through with your plays. But if your opponent kind of knows what to do and knows what's happening, then it can make things more difficult for you. Um, so that's the reason we have them at number six. Um, the deck can be fragile. It can be very difficult to play. And it's going to be kind of user dependent. So your mileage may vary, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it also depends upon what hand traps are popular at your if you're doing this at a local level. Because um, the generic hand traps that you see at a lot of event at a lot of you know higher tier play is very hit and miss. I found with virtual world. Sometimes it'll hit them. Sometimes it won't. And even then, when you hit them, you have to hit them at the right time. Yeah, very much so. Uh, but at a local level, the it very well might be uh, just due to all the decks here at the like I said, the local level it might be a case of they're running more of the hand traps that hurt than right. not. Right. You know, it, again, your mileage will vary. Yeah. Uh, so, number five, Caleb. Let's see. We got Invoke Dogma Doll. The primary reason for me why it's so low is just due to everyone knows what it was doing. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a case of, oh, I have no idea what this deck's going to do. No, I know what you're doing. I've seen this. I've seen this a thousand times before. Yeah. Um, you know. It's, it's still a really great deck. I think the bigger problem is that it's just, it's really underrepresented in the format, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad deck or worse no. than the other decks above. It's just a lack of representation. It's just, I respect it less now than I used to because um, realistically, the deck's kind of slow. If you can break their board turn one, it can be a little bit difficult to recover. So if you know how to disassemble the board, they can't recover. Oh yeah, definitely. So things like Droll and Cosmic really hurt. Even Twin Twister, just as soon as I activate the field spell, Twin Twister. Yeah, and, and I mean, not even that. Like, Twin Twister on the field spell plus Schism is brutal. Yeah, I mean, at that point, if they don't have, they don't have a way, if they don't have a way to recur the Schism, ugh. Right. Uh... At number four, we have Striker. Sky Striker is a very good deck. It is oh yeah, very much so. Probably the the control deck of the format. Um, one engage coming off the ban list, as it turns out, is pretty good. Oh yeah. So um, the the natural recursion of the deck, the um, this deck probably might it, it possibly. It, if it's not the highest skill ceiling deck of the format it's second, um, the amount of skill that it takes to properly pilot this deck is astounding. Um, people that never stopped piloting the deck from after Engage got banned because there were people that still played the deck and still said the deck was good, and those people have been rewarded. Um, I mean, oh. you've got three Kagari, you've got three Shizuku. I mean, the deck is still the deck is really good. Um, the deck is 
but at the same time like it's honestly it's even with engage at one like the deck is kind of fair right now oh yeah oh, most definitely i mean yeah now granted with the one engaged that means that they don't have to run as big of a main board package there's a lot more things they can deck in i've seen lots of eldlich i've seen lots i've actually seen a couple of uh dogmatica decked in there too yeah i mean basically any other control engine you can you can you know tech in oh yeah all because of that one engage and like realistically like your main deck is five monsters and like eight to ten spells maybe you know? yeah there well maybe more spells than that i, I don't know I don't... well i meant maybe maybe five monsters yeah yeah some don't even run like it's probably like three ray and like Two or three rows, you know? Yeah. But it, it is a deck that you have to expect and look for and know how to stop. Um, or you can be like me and just open IO in games one and three when you Ev- go first. Every I, single time. I mean, it's it, it's so easy to just simply be better. Yeah, just 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 set the IDP during the standby, flip the, flip the IO. Yeah, it's so easy to just simply be better at the game than everybody. Oh yeah, that, it's that so is. funny. I loaned my so I I loaned my tri brigade deck out to a friend to play in a term another tournament that they had this weekend, and it was so funny. He texted me. He's like, "Round one, I played Sky Striker. I flipped. I, I opened IO. I was like, I told you, it just floats to your hand. Yep, and only against Striker. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's weird. It's the deck. You can stop it. Um, Twin Twister and um. Oh gosh, uh, Harpy's Feather Duster, Lightning Storm are all kind of crazy. Um, they're all just blowouts against the deck because, like, realistically, if you open turn one with and like standby Twin Twister, or because a lot of their cards activate, you can activate during the main phase, or like you have to have a monster in field or something. The other thing that murders this deck is Kaiju's. Oh um, yeah, a, a Kaiju they just lose because huh. it, it gets rid of their monster off the board. As well as puts a monster in their main monster zone, and because of that, they just can't play the game anymore. If they're not running Asua, then uh, Contact C shuts them out for the turn. Oh, possibly, that's funny. Possibly permanently. Um, because that's funny. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, yeah. No, because no, no, like, because like, in order to make any other monsters, it's a it's a Sky Striker Ace monster to make any other monsters. Yeah. Um, and then and then Zeke requires a Sky Striker Ace. And the extra monster zone is one of his materials, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So making a contact scene, if they don't have Oswa, they can't play. That's interesting. I hadn't thought If that. they have the Oswa, though, they can just link it into an Oswa and then keep going. That's interesting. But at the same time, it does also then take up their extra their extra monster zone, which is kind of a problem. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, but most of their spells, as long as they don't control a monster in their main monster zone. Yeah, then they're perfectly fine. So that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, another op, another of course, another option you have is to contact see them right in, right as they make an exceed monster trying to make any other plays. Then you mean a link monster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because then they have a monster in their main, main monster, monster zone. zone. Yeah. Um, but preferably, I I personally, if I was to ever do this, I would do it right on their first normal summon, like normal summon rose contact see. Let's go. I think it's got to be on a special summon. No, it's normal or special. Oh, is it? Yep. Broken. Yep. So, the next card on our list is Prank Kids. Um, Prank Kids are a really good deck. People don't give it enough credit, but... Oh, de- oh, oh no, no. It's, you know, if you under- underestimate this deck for even a second, you'll blink and they got a full board full of negates that you got to deal with. 
Well, it's not even negates. So I finally learned what this deck does. <laughs> okay, good. I finally played against the deck. I got a couple of matches in, three or four matches in. And I learned it. So basically, if they can establish their two 3K fusions on board at the same time, which is um, Weather Washer and I want to say Rip Roar and Ro- Roller Coaster or something like that, if they can establish both of those, it's really hard to break their board because they can just nuke your main monster you can, they can nuke all your monster zones and all your spawn trap zones basically multiple times a turn for for, for almost nothing jesus yeah it's they're it's really good um and they can like basically like tag in and out of those fusions and in and out of their links really easily um the deck is honestly it's really really interesting um the the different things that the deck can do is just, it's, it's interesting. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, and it can do it every turn. It's, it's a great mid range deck. Um, then getting the link one, meow, meow, moo. And, uh, the, uh, and phantom rage was awesome. That card could have just been a generic link one that did nothing else. And it would have been great, but it allowing it to it being able to, so, like, all of them had to, like, tribute one or banish one from the field to activate their effects. And to activate their effects, you can banish Meow Meow Moo from Grave instead. As yeah. A cost, which is broken. So, it's 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 insane. Because you can, any, any of them on the field, normal or a special, any of them to the field, then you can link one into Meow Meow Moo, and then all of them special another one from the deck. So it's an instant link too. Yeah. Any any normal summon in the deck is an instant link too. And then probably you're going to climb some more because when you link off that one and another one into a link two, then you're going to like another summon from a new one. And then that's a link three. And then that's a link three. Which will then pump, pump right. out another one. It, 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 honestly, it's insane. Code. It's honestly insane. So <laughs> it's a one card access code. <laughs> the whole deck is nothing but one card starters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that deck a lot. I think that deck is really underestimated in the format. The key is to keep them off of a monster on board. If you can keep them off of that first summon and keep that monster off board, you stop them. Also, if you solemn strike their first link summon into Meow Meow Moo, then the other than the the monster that they used as link material does not get its summon effect because it has to be used as the link material for a um it has to be used as link material or has to be used for the link summon of a prank kids monster and because the summon wasn't successful um it doesn't get its effect it doesn't trigger that's weird it's really weird I did not know that until this weekend. Cause that, that came up in the YCS. I saw him strike the first summon and the guy summoned off the effect. And I was like, okay, you know, that makes sense. And I didn't even call a judge, but uh, for, it was explained to me that way this weekend, which is really interesting. So if you saw specifically saw him strike the summon, cause if you just like bottomless trap hole or whatever, yeah, the summon's still successful, right? But if the summon's not successful through solemn strike or solemn judgment or solemn warning, then it, they won't get it, which is interesting. Yeah, if the summon is negated specifically. Right. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Tom Strike's broken against that deck. Apparently. 
Um, the number two deck on our list is Drytron. I don't really know that there's a lot to say here. Um, Everybody knows it. Yeah, Drytron, it, honestly, in a sense, it might be the best deck in the meta because when you consider they, a deck is in the meta where people have to main deck cards specifically for it. Um, people are main decking Ghost Bells. People are main decking Droll. I mean, when, when a deck is so powerful and prevalent in the format that it justifies main deck and side deck slots specifically to counter it, even if the deck's representation numbers are not the highest, it still could be the best deck. It's Oh, absolutely. But but I think the reason why the representation numbers are so low for the deck to begin with is because everyone is siding specifically for it. Right, so at this point it's a meta call to not play it. Yeah, almost. It's almost a meta call to not play it. Oh, it definitely is. Because yeah. like realistically, it's almost suicide to go into an event, especially a high-level event where you're going to see a bunch of high-level play. It's pretty much suicide to go in running Drytron. Because everything has to go perfect for you to succeed. Knowing that everybody is specifically putting a target on your back, it's it's brave. Okay. I'm not gonna say it's stupid, but it's it's brave. It's Oh yeah, it's Oh yeah, but then yeah, but then you know, but then eventually it'll there'll come a time where people go, Oh, nobody's playing Drytron because everyone's siding for Drytron, so I'm not gonna side for Drytron anymore. Right, and then Drytron starts winning tournaments again. Yeah. But we're not at that point yet. Right, I still think Drytron's just—it's um, a good deck. It's—I think the real thing that keeps it from being the number one deck right now isn't representation numbers. It isn't the fact that it's not winning as much as other decks. It's that the deck has such a high skill ceiling. The deck is so so difficult to play. It has so many lines and so many options. It makes the deck really difficult to play, and because of that, that knocks it down a peg in my book. Of it's the overly top com- five decks. It's, it's overly complicated. Yeah, and it's not even that's overly complicated. It's just that it's just complicated. You know, yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. I hope it does. I, I get what you're. I, I I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, the deck is just. I don't know the deck. The the other issue is that it, it's a it can be a bit fragile at times. Um, it's a it's really easy to end on just like a Kinkagashi Fucho pass or just like a Link Karibo pass. After like after like one interruption, and then there's other times where they just have all the gas. You hit them with three or four hand traps, and they just don't care. Oh yeah, like oh you know, you'll hit them with uh, you know, you hit them with an ash, and then you hit them with a ghost spell, and hit him with a nib, and they're still going. Yeah, the 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 thing that's really gonna stop them is droll. Droll hurts. Imperial order hurts. Nibiru, if timed correctly, can hurt. Uh, you have to make sure they've already used their normal summon that they haven't already put up in the gate. Um, but like realistically, if they know what they're doing, a lot of times they'll have a negate on board and like less than five summons. Yeah. So at, yeah, at worst as summon number five. Yeah, exactly. So, um, the next thing, which is deck number one, number one is tri brigade. This kind of encompasses all variants of the deck. Most people are playing pure at this point. There's still some people playing a small zoo package. And there's still some people wanting to play Ancient Warriors, which actually, there was an Ancient Warrior deck that got top 32 at YCS EU. And there's even some people playing the Lyralisk build. Which is cool. Right. I personally think the best build is still has Zoo in it, but I think realistically all you need is one Ratpier and one Ram Ram. And I still, I think a lot of people say that Three rescue cats is the correct number no matter what. I like two 
some people think I'm crazy for that, but I think that the, I really do think that the correct build here still runs the zoo package just because it, the zoo package gives you more versatility to I either mean, make I, a Zeus or you can normal summon make chalk and iron and special one <laughs> back and have uh, a link to play. I was about to say Zeus because Zeus. Yeah. I mean, Zeus is, Zeus is insane. Um, Zeus is a heck of a card, <laughs> especially when you combine it with something like dark ruler. Like if you dark ruler your opponent's board and then just go normal summon right here, dump Ram Ram, make uh borbo swing direct and then if you're running if you're running tiger mortar you can go chalk and tiger mortar zeus and make a two stack zeus or you can just go into zeus right there make a one stack zeus and just clear the board right there and be done with it i mean couldn't you like if you really wanted to lean in on the zeus you could also do like have the two stack and then dupe dupe with the other two and make the four stack but then go Vespinato, Dragoon, into oh, Zeus. Uh, well, no, you can't. I think Gaia Dragoon has to go in either a rank five or a rank six. I yeah, Vespinato is a four. I thought I thought Vespa was a five. Lord, I don't know. She could be. I've I haven't looked at the card that closely to be yeah. honest with you. Well, let me check real quick. Let's see. What was it? Drill Stinger, Drill Driver, Vespinato, Drill Driver, Vespacito. Vespacito. Looking it up. This is looking up a thing song. Yeah, it's rank five. Okay, so to make a can... to make a three to make a uh, three effect Zeus. Yeah, so you could do that. Um, I mean, it it that I I would only do that if I'm being silly. If I'm being a silly goose. Yeah, I just. I just don't know that it's worth it, realistically. Not really. I, <clears throat> like I said, I only ever do it because I'm feeling like I'm feeling like being a silly goose at Re- the moment. Realistically, though, like the extra, <laughs> deck, Zeus. the extra deck is so tight, though, that it's yeah, yeah. To do, but it, it, I, I imagine it'd be really difficult to have those two open spaces for the possibility of a three of a six stack Zeus. Yeah, it, it really is like super difficult. Um, it, it's just not worth it. But regardless, it's an option that you have. If you want to do that. Um, I think that the versatility that deck allows to tech in all these different engines is possibly one of the best things about the deck. Oh, yeah. uh, now, something else you have to keep... Now, something else um, that I that I personally believe, um, in my opinion anyway, is that the deck... Like, the, the actual representation numbers is less about how good the deck is. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a fantastic deck. But a part of that is also just how popular it is. And the deck is a lot, a lot cheaper than Drytron. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like, even just looking at the, at the card itself, you have, you have the really, you know, buff warrior looking dude. You got two of them, actually, in Fractal and Kuraz. Yeah. Um, you have the more edgelord, Shurag. You have the waifus. Yep. Um, it's got everything you need there for everyone. Uh, it's just for design popularity. Yeah, way. yeah. I mean, it's it's a well designed deck, but I I really think a lot of the reason that it's so well represented is that it's the cheapest top tier meta deck we've seen in a while. Like realistically, oh, outside yeah. of 
maybe virtual world. But Oh yeah, I mean like the most expensive card in the deck I can think of off the top of my head is probably the Fractals. Fractals are $22 and Shurag is 25, but Yeah, and Shurag is a 1 to 2 of. Yeah, it's a 2 of. You need two Shuraks, but and you need three Fractals. And that's about 100 bucks, but like everything else is common. Yeah, the revolts are commons. The kits are super, I think. Bear kit, Bear... kit and Karas are both supers. Yeah, uh, the uh, revolt and nervals are commons. Um, Bear Bum is a super. It's like a two dollar super, right? Rugal the Silver Sheller, which is to most people just a one of. That's a uh, common. And then Fairjeet the Baron Blossom, which is only about five bucks. She's yeah. an ultra. Two hundred dollars, you can have the whole deck. Yeah, for sure. Not quite budget, but. It's still way cheaper than Drytron. Drytron, where six cards, you're already at two hundred dollars. I mean, just your three diviners are; those are like eighty dollars a piece or seventy dollars yeah. a piece. That's over yeah. two hundred just for your diviners. Then your Mubeta Fafnir is forty each. Yeah, and but I only think you only run one of him though. Two. You run two? Okay. Well, Never mind. some people only run one. I really think two is the correct answer because I mean you have so much extra deck space and it's such a great follow up. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So like two Mubetas, so that's like another eighty. Your Novas are another thirty dollars each. Yeah. You know. Then you know. Then you got to get your. Uh, then you had to get the fairy package. Your. Uh, the. Uh, Herald of Orange Lights are expensive. Five dollars a piece for the common from a structure deck. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. Or more. Depend. Uh, depending. Yeah. It, it's. I think I don't think people really think about it. Like some people would say, like, well, you know, the, if a player wants to be competitive, they're willing to spend that money. Not necessarily. Like sometimes that budget is a real thing. Like a player wants to play competitive Yu-Gi-Oh. You know, just because they want to play competitive Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't mean they want to spend an arm and a leg. Yeah, I, I think that that does realistically factor in for some people. Oh, absolutely. Um- yeah, but I mean, I still also find it absolutely hilarious how a two hundred dollar deck is just absolutely smacking a eight hundred dollar deck. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. You need access code talker for both decks, like realistically. Yeah. Yeah, access code. Uh, that's nightmare. probably the worst. Yeah. But that's always going to be the worst. It, it is what it is. Well, I think that pretty much about wraps us up for today. Have anything you would like to add, Caleb? Nothing I can think of. I think we covered everything pretty nicely for the for the moment. What did you learn today? Did you learn anything new today? I learned uh, to solemn strike the uh, the first uh, link summon of a prank kids monster. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I learned just how many reprint sets we have coming. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be good for budget players. Woo. Oh yeah. I'm excited. Well, everybody. Be sure to drop us a like, a follow, a subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on, whatever they allow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, pretty, pretty please leave us a rating and a review. We have already gotten one or two ratings in. We still need some reviews. We thank you if you've already done that, and we ask if you haven't. Come on. What are you waiting on? Do it. Do it. We ask that you follow us on Twitter. We ask that you follow at Top Cut Podcasts at Dat Chumley and at JamTheMan17. I'll be honest, 99% of the time, the Top Cut Podcast, or at Top Cut Podcast is the most active of those three. I post most of the new episodes. I talk a lot within with other people in the community. Uh, I interact a lot. I mostly control the account. Caleb will pop on sometimes. But if you want to get in contact with us, that's probably the best way. If you want to leave feedback, that's probably the best way. 
Um, if you found us from Reddit, we're going to try posting more on Reddit. I don't want to flood the subreddit every time we post a new episode, but we will be there. You can be sure to let us know what you think of the podcast, whether it be through Twitter, re- reviews, however. Um, be sure to tell your friends about our podcast. Be sure to check the link down below in the description for both our YouTube, which is basically just a uh, archive, archive, as well as Team Dark Arm Dealings, our sister channel. If you have any questions, any concerns, please follow up with us. We love hearing people tell us how we're doing. If you have anything that you want to hear us talk about, let us know. We're always listening. Thank you again for everybody for listening. Today we're signing off for the Tuesday, July 20th episode. Be sure to tune in Friday for the next episode. Have a good day, guys. Take care, everybody. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.